Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. So if you remember last week, we talked about Adam being tempted, resisting temptation, and then Eve partaking of the fruit of that tree. Both Adam and Eve counseled with Satan, argued with Satan, discussed with Satan, rather than ignoring him and going straight to the Lord God. This allowed Eve to be tempted and tricked by Satan because she just kept asking questions. And of course, he being a trickster was able to convince her that she wanted something that she did not even desire before meeting him. It reminds me of The Magician's Nephew, which is the sixth book, I believe, in the Chronicles of Narnia, where the boy and girl are in this planet that's getting destroyed, and there's this bell, and there's a poem on it that says you're going to be driven mad if you don't ring the bell. And, of course, there's no spell. He rings the bell because he wants to. And later on, when he's confronted by Aslan, he admits to this. He admits to himself, because you can't lie to God. And God, of course, Aslan represents Jesus Christ in the Chronicles of Narnia. It's the same thing here. Eve wasn't thinking about partaking the fruit. Adam wasn't thinking about partaking the fruit. They were told, don't do it, and they weren't going to do it. They were going to wait, and then at the point when God was going to tell them it was okay, it would have been fine. But Satan comes in and starts messing with them and at that point they fall into the trap of thinking about that sin there's a scripture in the new testament where jesus says that to look upon a woman and lust after her is to commit adultery in your heart does that mean you can't find a woman attractive if you're a man of course not it merely points out the fact that If you start dwelling on bad things, you're eventually going to do those bad things. And that's what happened with Eve. This week, this week we're on chapter 8. And we're going to be talking about the fall of Adam. Beginning in verse 1, we read, Behold, I have spoken to thee of the fall of Lilith, and two of the fall of Eve. And now I shall speak unto thee of the fall of Adam. And Eve's eyes were now open, she being as the gods, lowercase g, to know good from evil. Thus she knew that she had sinned and broken the first commandments I gave unto mankind in the garden. Now that mirrors what we read in Genesis when the Lord says, The man that we placed here is eaten of the fruit of the trees, and there is the gods knowing good from evil. But that shows that there is a divine principle there to understand the difference between right and wrong. So everyone that does something and can acknowledge, I did a bad thing, has that form of godliness about them. Now what they do with that shows whether they are making righteous or wicked choices. But at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. So that we can go out into this world and prove to ourselves who we truly are. And of course... What God wants us to do and what we want to do is accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior so that we can move back through him. Now, 
I know that this particular series of podcasts is about the ministry. So what does this have to do with your ministry? We're going to get into that in a bit. But first off, at some point in your life, you were Adam and Eve. You gave in to temptation and you had to deal with that. Come to Jesus Christ and confess of your sins. But before we talk about that, let's get into this actual fall. In verse 4 we read, And behold, she came unto Adam, her husband, with some of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, saying, Adam, here is some of the fruit of that tree. Behold, it is delicious to the taste and very desirable. And the man asked of her, Doth thou know what fruit this is? So he's basically saying here, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you realize what you're doing here? This is the one thing we're not supposed to do. And the woman spake unto him, answering, saying, Behold, it is the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And at that the man worried, saying, I cannot partake of it. Dost thou not know that the Lord God, yea, the very Father of us, by way of placing us here in this garden, hath commanded us not to partake of the fruit of that tree? And Eve, her eyes being open, asked the man, Doth thou intend to obey all the commandments of the Lord God? And the man Adam answered her, saying, Yea, all of them. Now that's a very proud thing to say. We can intend to do it, but really we should say we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best through the grace that's been provided us. Because we're all going to fall short. Paul talks about this. We all fall short of the glory of God, and that's why we need a Redeemer. In verse 10, now Eve, her eyes being open, was wise, and thinking that this thing Adam had said was foolishness, she sought to trick him. For she too had become wise after the manner of the serpent, from whom she had gained the fruit. And that's the problem. When you make bad choices, when we make bad choices, when the people that come to us seeking counsel make bad choices, we can see the darkness and the light. And we have to conscientiously make the choice of embracing the light. And Eve here is not doing that. Now in verse 12 we read, And it came to pass that she spake unto the man, saying, Doth thou not remember that the Lord commanded us that we should multiply and replenish this earth? Yea, I have partaken of this fruit, and by doing so shall be cast out. And thou shalt be left a lone man in the Garden of Eden. Now, that's a pretty bold statement. She doesn't really know why couldn't God find someone else for Adam. Why couldn't she repent? She's basically just making assumptions and toying with him emotionally. And in 14 it says, Now Adam knew not whence Lilith had gone, only that she had eaten of the fruit, and was no more to be found among them in the garden. Thus Adam, not wanting to be alone, and not wanting to lose Eve to his second wife, Thus he did think he had but two choices. Again, he's not going to God. He's just taking this matter into himself and he's thinking, I can solve this problem, which is a very male thing to do. It's something I hear wives complain about husbands all the time, and, and I know I do this too. Men hear a problem and we think we've got to solve it. But sometimes the solution cannot come from us. It must come from God. And we see here in verse 15 that it wasn't just about 
solving the problem of Eve being cast out into the world alone or dying or whatever it is he thought was going to happen. In verse 15, it says, Thus Adam, not wanting to be alone and not wanting to lose Eve to his second wife, he doesn't want to be alone. That's a selfish concept. He's not thinking, I don't want anything bad to happen to her. I don't want her to go through this by herself. He's thinking, man, I don't want to be lonely. In verse 16, we read, Behold, in his innocence, Adam believed that he could, on the one hand, sin and eat of the fruit, or on the other, sin and be alone, thus unable to multiply being a lone man. So he fears that he's trapped in this catch-22 situation that he's not really trapped in. But he's trying to figure it out and fix it alone. 17. For Adam did not understand that the Lord God could take him another man and thus plucking him place him too in the garden. Thus Adam did not know that the Lord God could give unto him a third wife. And behold, it came to pass that Adam too, in his innocence, did partake of the fruit of that tree, knowing not that there was still a plan for him. So again, he doesn't have all the information. When people come to us looking for answers, the two most important things that we must understand is number one, we don't have all the answers. And number two, it's okay to tell them that. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Let's pray on this. Let's study it out. Let's see if we can figure it out together. We cannot just assume that God put us in the position of being a representative, a pastor, in his name, and that we don't have to or that we shouldn't ask for any help or guidance. That's, that's ludicrous. God is an infinite being. We are finite. We always want to go to God for the answers. So in verse 20 we read, For behold, this is talking about the plan, For behold, that tree represented the love of God, even Elohim, our mother in heaven. And to partake of it unworthily before it was time was to sin before God. So Adam and Eve are going and they're saying, I want the wisdom represented here by the divine feminine. I want all the wisdom that God has to offer. But feminine in Kabbalah is the will to receive, not the desire to bestow. You can't take the will to receive. The father grants knowledge. The father gives gifts. The mother receives what we have to offer. That's the Shekinah. And as the congregation, we become the Shekinah. And we are able to receive that which the father gives. So, Heavenly Mother acts like this bridge between the two of us. Not the Holy Spirit, not the breath of life. That's a, that's a male. But as this feminine deity that allows both the Father and us as the children of God to receive from one another. The Holy Spirit is what gives us what the Lord has for us. And of course, Christ is the bridge and that he is the mercy so that we can accept whatever it is that's being offered. 
Verse 21, And thus through Adam and Eve, his wife, all mankind have a portion of her spirit, the spirit of Heavenly Mother, that we may be wise as to know good from evil. Yea, and this was the plan from the beginning. And I know there's people out there who think, well, there had to be a fall. And that idea of a fortunate fall is taught in 2 Nephi. It's in the second half of chapter 1 in the RAV, which is what the Community of Christ and the RLDS Church uses, and chapter 2 in the OPV, which is what the Brighamites use, the Utah Church. And in one aspect, that is true. No matter what, we were going to sin. Excuse me. However, this didn't have to be that sin. This could have been given to us righteously, and it is given to us righteously at certain points in our lives. In verse 22 we read, And thus ye worship the Father in my name, even Jesus, who is the Christ, that they might come again unto that Elohim that brought life to their spirits. And to this end was I born into the world, that my light, even the light of Christ, might shine through the darkness of the probation of man, that all might be born again unto me and have my spirits be with them. <coughs> How do we recognize that spirit? Through the wisdom of the Divine Feminine, the wisdom of God the Mother, Heavenly Mother. In the Catalystic Tree of Life, you have knowledge on the one side, on the male side of the tree. On the opposite side, the feminine side, you have wisdom. So you have knowledge, which is the Father, wisdom, which is the Mother. On the feminine side of the tree, beneath wisdom, you have mercy, which is Jesus Christ. And across from that, on the masculine side of the tree, under knowledge, you have strength, which is the Holy Spirit, the fire that purifies us. So the Father and the Spirit are the male side of the equation. They are what bestows to us. And on the feminine side, we have the Mother who is that light of Christ, and we have Christ himself, which is the mercy of God, that we may receive, and so that God can receive from us. What does God receive from us? Our prayers. All of those work together so that we can have the hidden sephirot, which is between the four of them in the middle of the tree, which combines the masculine and feminine, and that is understanding. Knowledge is worthless without wisdom. Wisdom is is worthless without knowledge but you add that mercy and you add that strength and suddenly they all combine and you get wisdom it's not key to the top of the tree the crown because that's infinite wisdom but we're able to partake of a finite portion of the infinite wisdom of god in verse 25 we read but adam knew this not nor eve his wife and thus they sought the wisdom of the world and of themselves and not for me, the Lord their God. And isn't that what we've been reading? We're reading about how Satan comes to them. And instead of going to God, they're trying to figure it out on their own. It's kind of like when you buy a bookshelf or a table 
or some other piece of furniture that you, when you get home, you've got to put it together. You can throw everything out on the floor and you can look at it and you say, well, these pieces look like they go like this. And you know what? Some people may have a spiritual gift. Some people may have a gift and they're able to put that thing together. Other people will struggle forever. When they do get it together, there's parts left over. It's very obvious that they really didn't know what they were doing. But there's a manual. Even if you figure it out on your own, wouldn't it be faster if you read the book? If you're struggling, you can't figure it out. Wouldn't it be better if you read the book? In life, the Lord has given us a manual. Two, because everything comes in multiple witnesses, right? We have the scriptures, which are worthless without the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit, which helps us to understand the scriptures. Now, I'm not going to say that the Spirit is worthless without the scriptures, because we can receive revelation. However, when those two witness of each other, then you're able to test the spirits and ensure that the spirit you're listening to is that of God and not some false spirit trying to trick us like Satan did Adam and Eve. And we know that the Adam and Eve inside of us have been tricked by Satan. We have fallen short. So this isn't just some analogy. It's literally you and I are Adam and Eve. The Adam inside of us is that desire to bestow and that Eve inside of us is that will to receive. So even though Adam didn't want to be alone, part of the reason why he wanted to stay with Eve is because if he desires to bestow, who is he going to bestow to if Eve isn't there? And Eve craves her husband because she desires to receive. And she's just taken all that the father would eventually give, potentially, that wisdom. But she still loves her husband. She still desires to receive from him. When we're looking at the Adam and Eve inside of ourselves, we have to ask ourselves, is the Adam bestowing to the Eve inside of us, and is that Eve receiving? And if so, what are they receiving? Is it the forbidden fruit? Is it the fruit of that tree? Or is it what God has to offer? And that's what Teshuvah is about. Remember we were talking about the Teshuvah meditations? That's how we discover that truth. That's back in chapter 3. In verse 26 we read, But behold, there was and is a plan that man may face the justice of God. That's that strength, the Holy Spirit we talked about on the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. With the mercy of the Lord. That's the feminine side. That's Jesus Christ. And both ends be met that they may regain their inheritance. For behold, Eve too did partake of the fruit of that tree in temptation. Yet she came unto Adam that he should become wise even as her, that they remain equals, for she was born such by his side. And that's the other thing too. By giving Adam that fruit, the fruit of that tree, she's going against her nature because her nature is to receive, not to bestow. Because in this story, we're speaking philosophically. So they need to be together. They need to take their proper roles. And I'm not trying to say here that men have a specific role to do X, Y, and Z, and women have to do A, B, and C. That 
those type of roles need to be figured out in each relationship as men and women get together in, in harmonious marriages or men and men or women and women. But Kabbalistically speaking, we're dividing this up into this desire to bestow and this will to receive. And so inside of ourselves, we want to make sure that everything is flowing properly and everything is working the way the Lord created them to work. Because as they do so, they will be doing this with the Holy Spirit. And that's what drives us forward as we grow in grace. 29, and thus Adam partook of the fruit that they should remain together as the Lord God commanded them. And that's a righteous thing, right? That's a good thing. They are staying together. So it's not like everything in here is terrible. Verse 30, and this was made possible for I swallowed up victory over sin and death for all those that would come unto me. Therefore, a man should be faithful unto his wife or even unto their wives, even as Adam was faithful unto Eve, who too was faithful unto him. And that's the beautiful part of the story. Yea, they did journey forth in the garden together and re did remain a helpmate unto each other. That's what we want to see in, in our relationships in the real world. But also, we want to become one with God in ourselves. Remember, our body is the temple of God, right? We want that unity of Adam and Eve to continue existing inside of us. Verse 33 and behold, I command those that shall read to give heed to that which is written. And they shall pray always that I may unfold the same unto their understanding. And they shall give heed unto these words and trifle not, and I will bless them. Amen. So important. This is just so important. What we're trying to do here is find balance. Egoism grabs us and tells us to just keep going and, and taking as much as we can for ourselves. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't think about anybody else. Just take, 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 take. But it's never full. You never find balance because there's always more to take. When Adam and Eve are in proper harmony, we focus on the altruism of God. We take that which the Lord provides for us, and we give that which the Lord asks us to bestow, and that's what our ministries are all about. Your ministry is about giving the flock that the Lord has called you to serve nourishment, and you receive from them. They nourish you. As you teach, you learn. It's the greatest blessing of being a minister for Jesus Christ, watching others grow, growing ourselves with them, and building that relationship together. The church can't be one person. The church is two or three that gather in the name of Jesus Christ. There he will be. So let's focus on becoming one in ourselves and one with those of our congregations whether that congregation be your family, your friends, an actual congregation, people that the Lord sends to you at random, you have a divine calling. Listen for it. Grab a hold of it. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, excel in it. So now Lilith's taken the fruit of the tree and left. She is the one 
third of the hosts of heaven that became perdition and rejects God. But Adam and Eve are still there. And they are getting ready to repent to come unto Christ. And that's what we'll get into next week. Until then, Shalom and God bless.